Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Matt Kelly. And I'm Matt Dancona. And this is The Two Mats for week ending Friday the 8th of September. A podcast that doesn't just have opinions, we've got theories. No, we're the Einstein of podcasts. Are we? No, but it's fun to say it I'll tell you what it's nice to be back in the studio is it we've Isn't done it? the last few on zoom haven't we've, we? we've been and doing it's... them online and 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 it it works because of the interweb being so clever in that yeah but I have to say that the it's, in real life it's nice so Matt Kelly is it's great because I can see you in your SC summer shorts and, the, and you can see both mine. Got, and you've got shorts <laughs> and you know we're all just short short tastic um yeah. And it's nice, you know, the summer has come to end, but the, the, the weather's still nice yeah. and uh, politics is really heating up. We talked about Iraq and the con- concrete saga that seems to be engulfing the government. And we talked about um, the Rolling Stones. We did. Um, I went on and on about my admiration for Top Boy. Yeah, absolutely. And Didn't I, I? Which made me want to go off and watch it, which I will, surely will. Very good. So um, what should we call this episode? Um, how about Concrete and Stones? Concrete and Stones is good. Okay, let's do that. Okay, so this is The Two Mats, episode 12, Concrete and Stones. Enjoy. So, Matt, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, I think we, we have to talk about the week of concrete, don't we? Or, yes. more specifically, rock. Rock. Um, which has become part of the national conversation. Who it's thought just, aerated concrete yeah. would become well, something we all knew about? To that point, um, obviously, I was Googling through the news stories, and as late as June, it was being explained, you know, yeah. like, uh, and, and, and let me remind myself what it is. It's uh, reinforced autoclaved aerated concrete. Yeah, which is And it was being explained as that. Yeah. Now, of course, it's just now it's rock. Now rock, yeah. And, and forever will be. Which is one of those um, acronyms that just symbolises and has come to symbolise a lot of other stuff very quickly. And, and it's been an incredible week because, you know, it, it sort of broke after we recorded our last uh, episode and it it looked over the weekend as if it was going to be big. It was obviously it was going to be big. But then Rishi Sunak comes back on Monday a bit bushy-tailed because he's done his mini reshuffle. He's moved Grant Shapps into defence. He's moved one of his old special advisors, Claire Coutinho, into energy and net zero. Feeling good about that and some there'd been some surprisingly good figures from the Office of National Statistics about the economy. So you could tell he was feeling just a little bit, you know, 
I'm going to come back and let them have it. And this thing just goes, the concrete issue um, goes crazy. And not only does it go crazy, one of the reasons it goes crazy is because they handle it so badly. So on the Today programme on the Monday, Jonathan Slater, former permanent secretary at the Education Department, does an absolute drive-by assassination of Sunak, <laughs> blaming him by name yeah. for not uh, listening to officials in the 2021 spending review about this very issue about repairs of schools. And it obviously enraged And slashing Sunak. the budget. And slashing the yeah, budget. Yeah, yeah. And it obviously enraged Sunak because there was a pool interview that, that morning and he responded in a very brittle and tetchy way and said it was completely and utterly wrong. And, you know, thus breaking rule number one of, of, of damage limitation in these sort of things, which is you have to put your hands up a bit and say, I totally get how worrying this must this state but, must but be. But nobody parents. does brittle and tetchy like Rishi Sunak. You're so right. I mean, he is, <laughs> you know, in the, the illustrated dictionary, next edition, <laughs> under brittle and tetchy, there'll be a little picture of a man with slightly short trousers, right? <laughs> Peering over election, being brittle and tetchy. In Santa Monica. So that was exciting. And, and it was turning into one of those days um, that one shouldn't enjoy but does, you know, where you're starting to enjoy it in real time, right? It's like keeping an eye this is getting amazing. And then Gillian Keegan, the education secretary, ups the ante. Yeah. In a spectacular fashion. In a very Scouse way. In, I mean, part she of me... She is a Scouser. Yes, and part, part of me sort of warmed... You know, I, I, there's not enough swearing in politics in my... <laughs> so, but what she did was clearly inappropriate on the day, I suppose. So Daniel Hewitt, the ITV news reporter in question, had given her a hard time. And the interview's over, but the mic is still hot. Uh, hot. And she does what every politician knows they shouldn't, but often does. And she says, you know what? You've done a fucking good... Does no one ever say, you know what? You've done a fucking good job because everyone else has sat on their ass and done nothing. Now, this was a, you know, language, inappropriate language yeah. from an education secretary on the first day of term. But it was also very revealing because the everyone else has sat on their ass was uh, what would poker player would call a tell. Because <laughs> what she was really saying was all the other departments doing nothing. At that moment, the phones went crazy because, of course, all the other departments are furious with her for having brought this problem to light. You know, the one thing one can, tiny thing one can put in the credit side of the ledger to her is she has at least started the process of... But almost every department in Whitehall is now in a state of panic because this material has been used in, you know... Care homes, barracks, courthouses, hospitals. In fact, our hospitals. Um, there was a very good interview um, on Wednesday night's Newsnight with Meg Hillier, um, who's the Labour chair of the Public Accounts Committee. And I don't know whether um, uh, the third Matt, our producer Matt Hill, can give us a little taste of what she's had to say. I went to visit two hospitals with RAC. In one of them in Hitchinbrook, Hitchinbrook in Cambridgeshire, the man showing us around um, was unable to go on the roof to check the roof. Um, he was the man in charge of all the RAC programme because he was 17 stone and therefore too heavy for the roof. In that hospital, they can't have overweight patients with bariat needing bariatric surgery, for example, on the first floor because then the bed, the equipment and staff will be too heavy. And at the weekend, the matrons on speed dial with that, the man in charge of RAC because if they have a certain number of too much load on that first floor, it's dangerous and she has to keep in liaison with him. 
So you've got nurses. Madness. In real-time contact with engineers yeah. checking that the floor isn't going to fall in. Yeah, madness. Madness. And this is what, what confused me about, and I'm sure there's plenty of head teachers who might share this confusion. Yes. Yeah. How, how are head teachers meant to know whether they've got rack from 30 years ago without getting structural surveyors in and stuff like this? You know, so, so when Gillian Keegan, who, by the way, I must say, and people will hate me for this. I soared in my estimation when she when she when she swore. And it, I, and I, it was I, a likable moment because I just sort of thought, it All was right, real. It was I, you're a human being. Yes, you no, know I, I agree. did. And and somebody said, uh, I think it might have been Alistair on on um, the rest is politics said that he'd been told by a Tory MP we've lost the election now because of this. <laughs> I, I just thought bullshit. You know, people yeah. actually will connect to that. Yeah, no, it was, and, a, it was, it was yeah. a surprisingly human moment for I, a Conservative I, cabinet minister. I also liked it, I think yesterday, when she said that all the photographers outside number 10 were, quote, shit scared yes. of her. Yeah. <laughs> like, Which okay. they, apparently they oh, are. So presumably our students and pupils all over the world, all over the country now have license to, to use the phrase as shit scared and, and <laughs> fucking get off your arse and stuff like this. Because the education the secretary, education secretary has said it. But anyway, that aside, I did think, you know, it was, it was unfair to start telling head teachers, you know, get off your arses and tell me, you know, whether you've got this material in your building or not, yeah. some of which will have been from 30, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, the, the problem is that is the level of uncertainty. So um, the, the kind of damage limitation strategy at the moment is to say, and the numbers vary, you know, 95% of schools are not affected. Well, that's a bit like going out for a meal and the waiter saying 95% of the meals in this restaurant do not give you botulism. <laughs> you know, it's not really what you want to hear. No, and it right. certainly isn't what you want to hear where your no. kids are concerned. And no. so, of course, that's the, that's the problem. And um, to your point, the other thing is that we're all focusing on this particular kind of concrete rock, which is was only meant to last for 30 years. And it's been known for a very long time that there are problems associated with it and successive governments haven't done anything about it. But it's also opening a sort of Pandora's box or can of worms or choose your metaphor because... You know, it's no surprise. It's no, you know, surprise or news that the public estate in this country is very shoddily made, yeah. and a lot of people who are in charge of these buildings or responsible for them are quite rightly aware that this is now going to lead to a big process of it. It's a little bit like parliamentary investigation, parliamentary expenses, but for the quality of public architecture. And I yeah. think that what you're seeing is. 2022 was the year in which public trust collapsed with Partygate and Chris Pincher, who's resigned his seat, Tamworth, uh, thus prompting another by-election. 2023 is going to be the year, is already the year, where uh, trust in the, the, the public estate, the actual physical collapse of the public estate, happens and yeah. i think it's it's a a truly huge story actually yeah. I mean, which leads everywhere and to put it into gillian keegan terms i think people are beginning to feel that it's just all a bit shit mm -hmm. you know it is all a bit shit the potholes in the roads the schools are closing the hospitals now under threat for closing my uh, point on this is that there are bigger stories that Huge. don't get the attention that these smaller stories I mean I'm not underplaying the the, the nature of this story obviously there's 10,000 kids who haven't been able to start school but that feeds into a much bigger problem which is about 
the persistent absence of children from schools. That's a huge That's issue. That's the real story in education, Yeah, is that we have... 50% one, of special needs kids aren't going yeah. back since the pandemic. That's 1.7 million kids in this country are missing more than 10% of lessons. Amazing. And 120... Is it 125? Hang on, I've got a note here. 125,000 of those kids are missing more than 50% of lessons... And we've got 95,000 kids in the country who just don't exist as far as They've school is disappeared concerned. From disappeared. The Nobody knows where they are. Now, to be fair, Nick Gibb, the schools minister, is in the middle of a, an inquiry and an investigation, and they are recognising this as a crisis. In fact, I think Gillian Keegan herself called it a crisis. But this is the story, and I think this is where the media needs to do a better job, because RAC is a great media story. It's a great newspaper story. It's identifiable. It feels imminently threatening. It's got a lot of parents very hot under the collar for understandable reasons. But it's something that you can grasp quite easily. And it sounds like something, you know, out of a, a movie. You know, my God, the schools are going to collapse. But the fact that we've got 1.7 million children in this country who don't go to school on a it's regular basis it, you know, it, that's the story it, it is a huge story and i think that it it makes you think about the whole range of education policy i mean on my takeaway sort of reverting to the physical side of it but 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 in a, on, a, on a bigger on a kind of bigger range is there are you can link this to austerity you can link it specifically to gove cancelling the 55 billion uh, building schools for the future labour scheme in 2010, which he later regretted doing. And there's no doubt that's part of it. Um, but I think it's also there's something people always talk about the British disease and part of the British disease, I think, is that we just don't take care of our public realm, you mm. know, in the way that other European countries do. Yeah. Um, and th there are deep reasons for that. I mean, one of them is that we often steal from the current account, the capital account to pay for current needs. We prefer flashy new things, which actually often don't come to pass, to the boring but necessary business of making business, making existing buildings livable then. Mm. Um, and the, the final problem, and this is, I think, where we arrive at come on, Keir, you know, what are you going to do? Um is that we don't raise enough tax. So I was very disappointed. Rachel Reeves, I think, is a, sh a very good shadow chancellor, very reassuring, and I think she'll be a good chancellor. But she didn't have to rule out wealth taxes. That's right. And I think hats off to Hamza Youssef, the Scottish First Minister, for saying we might have to because income is falling in real value, but it's heavily taxed. Wealth, on the other hand, has been rising in the last 20 years exponentially and is undertaxed. And we're going to have to make a big decision as a country if we want to address all kinds of issues, not just things like climate crisis and social care, but, but just basic stuff like the school buildings being not actually, you know, too dangerous for children to go into. I mean, yeah. th this is basic stuff. Yeah. And we've run away from it. And I do worry that I think... The, the next election is going to be one of, of, you know, the Tories trying to keep control of spending and Labour being very cautious. I do hope that if Starmer wins, as it still seems, you know, probable, that in office he is prepared to say more radical things and, and be more honest about, you know, if you want a country like this, yeah. it has, you have to be willing to pay for it. It's, and hearing Rachel Reeves saying, 
um, I'm going to pay for it all out of growth. That's what no, Liz Truss said. Absolute that's what Liz bullshit. Truss said. So, you know. I mean, yes, I, I hope and pray that Storm has got it within him. Although, I'll be honest, increasingly, as the days go by and the weeks go by, it. I don't see it. Mm. And I, I mean, there are two... Th- I remember somebody, a good friend of mine, talking about um, the editing of a newspaper. I won't mention the newspaper. But he said that it wasn't... The, the reason that this particular newspaper was moribund and boring wasn't a resource issue it was a journalism issue and I think there is a difference you know journalists always complain about oh we've lost all these reporters and all these sub-editors and that's true and it definitely has a has a an impact on the quality of the product but that doesn't mean that with the resources you've got and I would without wanting to blow too much smoke at my own backside I think the New Europeans are case in point where we've got tiny staff but we are I would think Punch most people agree of, of vigorous and yeah, interesting and, and and aggressive and punchy and you can do that the opposite, just through you're the journalism opposite, opposite the TARDIS Matt you're bigger on the outside that, than on the inside <laughs> that's exactly right and now I think there's an analogue with politics and I think you can vision doesn't cost anything inspiration doesn't cost anything I'm not saying that fulfilling a vision and fulfilling the consequence of inspiration is free it's not but I don't see the inspiration and the vision with care yet I see a lot of kind of game playing and and soft shoe shuffling and defensive politics and a bit of what we've called in the past um, pragmatic dishonesty, if that's what it is, you know, where he's messaging to a constituency of voters yeah. who don't want to hear that Brexit is a car crash, but, but we're hoping that perhaps Keir understands it's a car crash and there'll be remedial measures once he gets into power. But what I think we need in the country, and we've said it before, is somebody who can galvanise a spirit of reinvention. Yeah, because I, this country needs reinventing. Totally. I mean, we've discussed this before but is will someone start the 21st century please will someone press start because you know all the problems we're dealing with now are really legacy issues of our failure really to move on beyond the, the 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 legacy of the 20th century and i think what part of it that's gone wrong in the sort of populist era is that politicians and to a certain extent the media too or certain sections of the media infantilize the voters and actually, if you look at the history of politics, great leaders often are the people that are remorselessly candid and make demands of voters, you know, and obviously Churchill's blood to all certain tears is the classic example. Also, JFK's ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Can you imagine a SPAD, a special advisor today, letting a cabinet minister go out and say... It's on you, guys. It's on you, mate. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Now... I think, uh, uh, and this is entirely intuitive, I could be completely wrong, but I think that when treated like adults, people respond like adults. And voters would respond well to a prime minister who said, this is not 1985. Mm. The, The needs of the moment are very different. You're living longer, which is great. But that means a different arrangement of how you treat your property. And and it means if you want your children to be able to afford a property, we need to look at that. And, yeah. way, and we need to look at ways of how we fund what will inevitably be a growing public sector. You know, we're still in that mindset where privatisation good, public sector bad. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, and it's no surprise then that you have the old J.K. Galbraith division of, um, you know, uh, public squalor, private affluence writ large, yeah. uh, which is not any good. Yeah. And I think a, a progressive prime minister, let's put it no more specifically than that, that had the guts to say that in terms, maybe not at the first conference speech, but not long after, and really set out, this is going to be hard. Mm. You know, we are pooper scooping mm. for a long period of absolute bloody disaster after disaster. And you know, the next prime minister will be, yeah. whoever they are, it will be doing that. Why do you think, what is going on in Rachel Reeves' head then when she says we won't tax wealth? Because it's a, it's a perfectly sensible route one Labour uh, strategy towards getting some more public finances to fix the things. I don't think she should have said anything about it. Why? What's going I, on? What's it, in? it was the first time since she's been in the job yeah. that the, the, my dashboard started to flash. Because I thought, OK, I get it. You know, um, I mean, after all, Gordon Brown was reasonably to the left of Tony Blair, but he ran a, you know, an iron sort of strategy before the 97 election sticking to Tory spending plans you knew he was going to invest like crazy we didn't know he was going to make the Bank of England independent but you understood that what he was doing was making it impossible for the Conservatives to say this guy's just going to tax and spend like crazy I get that so some of it I understand it's it's just good old-fashioned Labour reassur- centrist reassurance strategy fine but you don't have to say things that you don't have to say. Yeah. And I don't think she had to commit Labour on wealth taxes. Just say, you know, I'm not going to do my first budget here or we have no plans or something. Some one of those anodyne things, yeah. you know, but she didn't. She said, no, no, you know, I don't mean it in the I, I'm, this is a denial. We're not going to do it. Mm. And at that moment. I mean, it's interesting. The LSE did a study on what a one off wealth tax could raise. And it was. A quarter of a trillion really? across five years. Serious money. So 50 billion a year. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. 250 50, over five. I mean, yeah. you can over do a, you, you, yeah, And that was just a one off, yeah. you know, levy on, yeah. on, 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 on the wealthy. And, and think of the hospitals and the schools. I mean, let's talk about hospitals for a minute because, yeah. you know, that will be the next story. Like, I guarantee, but probably by the time we publish this podcast, they'll have moved from. Crumbly schools to crumbly hospitals. Well, they've already written with, with to all the trusts. Gusto. So you know, so you've got, um, you know, you've got forty-one hospitals that have been identified as having rack, and seven of them have got rack throughout. So that's going to be the next story about closing hospitals. The wonderful word they use uh, in health world is decant patients. When you when you take a patient, really? you just yeah. pour them out. You they? pour them the out. Of the, you tip the whole bloody thing up and pour yeah, them out. I love that. Just decant. to aerate them a bit. Aerate them a bit. <laughs> Take the edge let, off the tannins. Let, have you let the patients breathe? <laughs> and do they just elegantly put the empty hospital next to the decanter there? Yes, with a, with a you know, of, aftertaste yeah, of yeah, nutmeg. Yeah. Nice, know? nice, with the cork on the side. So, but the real story with the hospitals, again, you know, we've done the real story with the schools. The real story with the hospitals is this bloody 40 new hospitals that Boris Johnson promised, not just as an act of, you know, of altruism, because we have 6% fewer beds now than we did in 2015. Yeah. 6% Amazing fewer beds. Amazing figure, which is a huge amount. In, I mean, it's enormous. So you've had this decade of underinvestment and the 40 new hospitals are meant to catch up. And we know they've built two. They've got five under construction. Not all of them are wholly new hospitals, but 33 of them haven't even started right, of the 40. And this is now 
where are we 2019 this is four years later so that's the real story and again I would say, you know, if you Google this and ask, you know, 40 new hospitals and look under Google News to see how much coverage that's getting compared to the RAC story, it'll be a fraction, you know, 5%, 10%. But that's the bigger story. You know, the biggest fact that Keir Starmer should be screaming is not about RAC, but about the fact that we've got one in 18 beds fewer than we had eight years ago, you know, at a time when the population needs more beds. And we've got actually got 6% less beds. That's the story to me. And I just think that we, uh, politicians and media, we're all complicit in it because we, we seek these sugar rushes mm. of a story that people can get furious about and then forget about. But the real underlying, the chronic issues around underinvestment in infrastructure, in education, in, in healthcare, in sourcing out social care, still not cracked by any means oh, God, no. about the whole question about what do you actually want the NHS to be now so you're Keir Starmer the you know the inheritor of the of the creators of the NHS right of, the, of that party isn't now the time to have the big conversation about what the NHS should be in the future you know have that honest conversation wouldn't you have that as a, as a central plank of, of yes. your government looking after an older an older population um, uh, uh, it's a it's a core service that is in absolute crisis. Everybody knows it. Everybody suffers from it, unless you're wealthy enough to have your booper. Everybody's uh, under the cosh from it. Why isn't Keir Starmer banging the NHS drum about how he's going to reinvent that? And and saying no more magical thinking. That exactly, and no more, by the way, sacred cows. No right. more. The NHS is the best health service in no. the world because guess what? On any metric, it isn't. So, you know, move exactly. It's, I would. It would be a good, very good speech actually for him to give right now mm. in the context of this crisis, mm. which is Boris Johnson was the absolute epitome of the magical thinking prime minister, promising forty hospitals which have not come to pass. You know, if I'm become prime minister, I can't promise you I will. You know turn this into a new Jerusalem in five years mm. but I will be honest with you and I will deliver on the things that I say yeah. it, it's incredible to say that would be a radical and mate, statement honestly, from a politician to, to hear somebody say and but you know I'm going to take the first steps yes on a journey that will make this country a better place not in the next three years five years maybe not even in the next 10 years but in your children's lifetimes yeah you will see they will inherit a better place than we've got today. What a, what a Again, you, a go, you go back to JFK who said, um, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something like, we may not do it in the first term or the first 10 years, but let us begin. Yeah. That's so... Take the first step. Let us begin. You know, yeah. And I think what I want to hear from Starmer and uh, people around him is not just we're safe, we're reassuring, we know Tony Blair, it's all fine, but actually... We are going to be the best kind of risk takers, which is people who take the risk on reality. Yeah. Liz Trust nearly got it right. It wasn't let us begin. It was let us begin. <laughs> on that lousy, on, that on, the worst, on the worst joke you'll hear all week. Let's oh, take a just break. Got started. Let's take a break and see if we can do more damage in the second half. Yeah. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So a little bit of podcast admin or housekeeping, as as we call it. Here. Sam Harris. Technical. Does, it, yeah, no, Does he? Apparently, yeah. Okay. <laughs> housekeeping. So, um, we're going to do two episodes a week, aren't we? That's the we plan. We are going to do two episodes a week. And one of those episodes is going to be an answer, question and answer yes. session. Yes, yes. because um, it's all very well us um, trying to dispense wisdom on a weekly basis. But what we really want to know is what... Uh, listeners and people who watch on YouTube want to know yeah, and, and if we can try and answer those questions and, and also we've completely ripped off the rest is politics because that was their secret to success wasn't it to it was a Q&A yeah so. I like to think they were the sort of <laughs> early adopters you know they were they were Nokia to our iPhone is so the way thank you Alistair and Rory for thank the inspiration you, thank you for the we're... thank you for getting going we'll take it from here that's right <laughs> so listeners dear listeners um, please email Matt or Matt any questions you like, ask us anything at all. It doesn't have to be politics, it can be culture, anything at all, really. And the email we've got is two mats, that's the number two, M A T T S, at T N E Publishing.com. That's T N for November E Publishing.com. Uh, and we will. Uh, answer your questions as many of the questions as we can yeah. and uh, you know ask whatever you want to ask and we'll yeah. do our best and it'll just be great to hear from you absolutely so please do that 
And this week's episode is sponsored by The New European. Is it? I it did is. not know that. It did occur to me, because it's always sponsored by The New yes. European, because we make it. And it did occur to me that some listeners might not know what the hell The New yes. European is, because The New European is a newspaper and a website, but it's an actual newspaper. And it was launched in the uh, in the days after the Brexit referendum in 2016 as a kind of pop-up publishing experiment, and railing against what we saw as the iniquity of Brexit. And uh, none of that sense of iniquity has diminished over time. And I'm delighted to say that it has gone on and on and is succeeding and growing in circulation. And it's actually, as far as we know, it's one of the fastest growing newspapers in in Europe, certainly probably the fastest growing newspaper in, in the UK. Yeah. Um, and we've got a special deal this week for new subscribers, where if you join, you can join for just £1 a week for all of our digital content. Or if you like to get the newspaper delivered to your house every Wednesday as a subscriber, you can have that for just another pound a week. So that's £2 a week. And we'll give you a free signed copy of Rory Stewart's new book, Politics on the Edge. Is a real bargain. Which is worth 25 quid, I think. Yeah. So, it And it's signed by the man himself. So that's this week's offer. You tell me, Matt, what do you think special about the New European? Well, I can only speak personally in a way, but, but for me, um, joining the New European has been a bit like football coming home. <laughs> Great. In, the sen- in this sense, which, I, which I, and I do think this. Um, so obviously there's a, you know, you and I knew each other a, a, a little before, so I was excited to, to work under your editorship. But, it, but also the, the, the kind of rep company of writers at the New European is, you know, second to none. And you've got people that were already favourites of mine, like Patience Wheatcroft, Alistair Campbell, James Ball, uh, Bonnie Greer, I think is terrific, Tancock. You know, it's just yeah. Will Self. Yeah. I mean, the, I'm, I'm not, I'm missing people out. But it's a really terrific lineup of people that I already had as must-reads. Uh, but I think more than that, it's unique in the kind of media landscape at the moment in that it it understands that the world changed uh, in 2016 fundamentally with Brexit and, and Trump and the populist movements around the world and that the media needs to reflect this. And there's a very eclectic you know, range of, of, of styles and views in, in the paper. But what is great is that it, it, it exists to me you know, there's a, there's a, there's a phrase in, in in American politics, which is the first point you've got to ask yourself is what time is it, what day is it? You know, and I think the New European really is at happening now. It's it's aware that this is 2023 and we're not in 2001 or 1997. Yeah, and great. so it feels very vivid and and uh, but also a lot of fun. I mean, there's a, there's a there's a there's a lot of joie de vivre in uh, in 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 the New European, and I like that. A lot of culture. Thank you. A lot yeah. of wit. Well, I'm very proud of the culture section. I think that's yeah, and no, it's very, really important. Very important, and lots of stories that you won't read in other other newspapers 100%. or magazines. So uh, anyway, listen, if you want to subscribe, and that's the best way to help us carry on what we're doing, you'll be supporting good, independent, honest journalism. That's uh, the antidote to some of the corrosive nationalism you see in in the right wing media in the UK. If you want to subscribe, go to the New European forward slash two mats that's the number two m-a-t-t-s and like i say every new subscriber will get a copy of rory stewart's brand new hardback book signed by the author politics on the edge and now back to the show 
Okay, Matt, part two of the two Matts this week. What do you fancy? Um, well, you know what? I, I'm feeling quite chipper today about the Rolling Stones, which may seem an odd thing to say. But um, this, uh, for people who haven't seen it, they, they, they launched their new album, which is called Hackney Diamonds, on Wednesday. Uh, Mick Jagger, uh, Keith Richards and Ronnie Wood uh, at the Hackney Empire um, and the first single angry is a banger and the times said it's the 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 forthcoming album is the best album the stones have done since some girls in 1978 wow and it, it really is great to have them back and i i i was just sort of thinking about the sheer time span of the, the stones so mick jagger is 80 is he really which wow. um is the same age as joe biden yeah <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> that um, Keith Richards is 79, yes, which is the brilliant. same age as Rudy Giuliani. Brilliant. And um, uh, Ronnie Wood is um, 76, which makes him one year younger than Trump. So that yeah. kind of puts you in perspective. But yeah. what was interesting in the in the in the um, in the press conference they did with uh, Jimmy Fallon, you know, weirdly coming over from America to interview them to, for the launch, they talked about their first ever launch of, a, of, a, of an album, which was in April 64. The animal, the album was called The Rolling Stones. It's a, it's a good album. I listened to it again last night. And it was launched in a pub in Denmark Street. Two hacks from the enemy and the melody maker, pipe beer each, copy of the album. You know, mix, oh, I really hope you like it. You know, <laughs> that, that was it. Now, the, the important thing to, which I, I just blew my mind when I, Alec Douglas Hume was prime minister. That, that day. is amazing. Right? Keir Starmer was six months old. That is a And it was 14 years until Rishi Sunak would be born. Amazing. I mean, just that, the longevity of these guys. Yeah. And they can, you know, they, they, they look at, you know, a bit shop, shop-worn and craggy. I but don't know. If they, I think they've really they, got I, into it. All I think they're having amazing. The, a fantastic time. Keith, especially. Keith, you especially. Know. You know. Oh, so, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think they love being Rolling Stones. Yeah. And the, and they they obviously missed. You know, they're sad that Charlie Watts is no longer with them, but they they want to keep going. And I think two of the songs on the new album have I've got, got Charlie. I've got, have got him on, and they, so they nice, even yeah. brought Bill Wyman back. Did they remember really? him? I for, do. To, uh, Didn't to play. he come a cropper for some? Nefarious. Well, he he, he did, married young, didn't he? He married, married young. Just, the only say. problem was he, that he wasn't he, very young. He did an Elvis, um, <laughs> as we say. Um, but yeah. I, I, he was there. I, I was. I mean, again, to talk about the time frame in all of this, yeah. you know, I realise it's now. It's thirty-three years since I first saw them. You know, wow. I've seen them eight or nine times. I've never they? seen. There, it is quite an experience, and and the interesting <laughs> thing is that. In, honestly, they are still as energetic and fun to Amazing. watch as, as they were. So confession time. I'm not a massive Stones fan at all. Not everyone is. And I think some of that is because I'm from Liverpool. And of course. It felt a bit like supporting Man United. You know, you were a Beatles fan if you and, were from And Liverpool, by the way, forced know. choice, I would always take the Beatles. I think that, yes, okay. And that, I think that's, that's reasonable. The thing I think about it is, I think you're right. I think that the Beatles are dearer to the nation's heart. And I think what's interesting is that they have, you know, we've talked past about the Checkpoint Charlie things that make it through to the next generation. The yeah. Beatles have. Yeah. And I'm not sure the Stones That's interesting. have quite so That's much. interesting. Yeah, my kids are 2022. 20, the Stones don't really. I think really that's probably true of mine. You know, whereas well. the Beatles, yeah. 
you know, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Whether this, I think that there's an attempt here to try and re- stretch yeah. out a hand to the... Do you know, what, you know what hackney diamonds are, don't you? Yeah, glass. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's broken glass. glass from the windscreen. So, you know, yeah. they're trying to be well hard and, yeah. and, and there's something... And I, what I, I loved, because I was, I was briefly um, in charge of, sort of, in charge of the content of the Hackney Gazette, um, which is a great, I used, news, uh, no, great, I used to live up great there, yeah. newspaper. And... And they launched it by placing an advert in the Hackney it Gazette. It was wonderful, wasn't it? And didn't I don't I'm not sure the Hackney Gazette knew they when knew it, what was going it was on. picked up by a music journalist. And now if you go on eBay you can see copies, copies of, of the it Hackney going Gazette, in. which is basically a free newspaper now, but being sold on eBay for twenty five quid a time. Well it's it's a, it's a reminder of this, which is that in the same way that you know, the Fab the Fab Four were the definitive Mersey Beat band, hmm. the Stones were London. You but know, they would they, never... Ha- I mean, this is probably the first time Mick Jagger's ever set foot in Hackney. Right? Well, if you know, I think that's not true. I mean, if you look at their early gig uh, lineup, I mean, the first right. gig they ever did was in um, in the Flamingo Club in Soho. OK. And they had, had their HQs in Maddox Street. And, of course, they famous for the Hyde Park gig after Brian Jones died yeah. in, I think, 79. You know, they all... And, and brilliantly, I mean, this this is, does not speak to London authenticity, but... All three of the surviving stones have, at one time or another, had houses in Cheney Walk, which I think is a Did very they? Fun, yeah. That's great. Um, so they are, they are, a, they are a London yeah. band. But, um, but Mick, Mick is quite a posh boy, isn't he? Really? Yes, he is. And it remind, the one time I met him was when I was editing the Spectator, and uh, this was, you know, to make the story even more ridiculous. Um, I was at the Cannes Film Festival, yeah. and he was there uh, doing stuff over Shine a Light, the the the, the concert film they did, and. Um, I thought well, he's bound to like the spectator because he's into cricket and all that. So I went up to him and introduced myself. We had a nice little chat. And I thought, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. So I said, well, Mick, Sir Mick, to whatever you Sir Mick, um, <laughs> would, would you consider doing a diary for us? And he went, oh, I don't know. I'm just not sure that, you know, my writing is good enough. <laughs> and I felt constrained to say, look, you wrote the lyrics to Paint It Black, Start Me Up, and Sympathy for the Devil. I think you could probably stretch to 900 words, you know, of what I did this week. Well, I'll give it some thought. It's a really kind offer, Matthew. It's very good. Um, very good impression. But, uh, and, and then he sort of, he's not large. And he sort of yeah. tottered off to see school. And did he ever do it? No, no. I mean, and I knew he wouldn't because they don't do it. I mean, they, I think they find getting up. You know, enough of a challenge. Well, I think you know, why should I? Not because yeah. I think they can't, but sort of why should I? Is yeah. their kind of position on just about anything? I really like Ronnie Wood uh, painting. I think he's a uh, he's really good, talented isn't he? artist. Yeah. He's because see, the interesting thing about Ronnie Wood is um, Ronnie Wood is a, is still a Rolling Stones fan. That's right, because he was he was, he, he late was outside. To it. Yeah, right. he was yeah. out. For, yeah. He was Rod Stewart. You know the faces and everything. So, That's right. um, yeah. But but uh, it, it's interesting because I occasionally with the Stones, I think. Oh, you know, the, surely this pantomime has to end, yeah. and then they come back and they do something which just adds to the joy to the it's joy weird, of the nation a little bit. It feels, like, and you can trace this to other artists. You know, maybe Abba. I mean, I'm not comparing. No, Abba, no, I think but, that's absolutely but right. Abba, go, they went through a period of of my God, they're everything. You know, in the seventies, and then through the eighties and nineties, they're a bit of a pastiche and a bit of a joke. Uh, but that now oh, Abba treats yeah. like. They're, you know, pop royalty. They're absolutely you know. that. And I think it, what's also interesting, and I, we've talked about this a little bit in the past, is how pop has sort of changed its function in the culture. It was it started off as this thing which was Mayfly music. You know, it was ephemeral. It was meant to last three minutes and then disappear, yeah. be forgotten in a few weeks. But we've got 
bands that have had six decade careers Amazing. right and i do i do wonder whether music is where rebellion is to be found anymore um I would think that probably gangster rap was the last time that was the case. And if you look at the world now, world of music, maybe I'm the wrong age to know, but I'm not. I don't see music that makes me scared. No. And I think that suggests that the music music has changed its well, function. Maybe that rebellion has gone elsewhere to identity politics and maybe and, and other things. My, I don't know. my children rarely disappoint me. I'm very proud of them all. But my daughter did disappoint me slightly in the car when she put on the on Spotify in the car a band called Cigarettes After Sex. Have you heard of these guys? <laughs> no, I haven't. And it was like the most banal kind of lift music, kind of just... You see, it's a, prom- you see, it's a promising it name was, for a band. It was it's, just it's, it's dreary kind of yeah. stuff. And I said, are these guys big? You know, huge, you know, they sell out, you know, arenas and all of this business. And she said... They're like they're inspired by Radiohead, and I just snort and I said, <laughs> winding me your, up. Your this is like the most anodyne <laughs> shit I've ever heard. Anodyne is the word. I mean, yeah. whenever I see Sam Smith trying to shock me, yeah, I think make an effort. <laughs> no, but I mean, really, I don't. I know that yeah. the Daily Mail's every time Sam Smith comes out of his front door, the Daily Mail says who will act. You know, yeah. danger to our nation's youth. Sam Smith is is. Totally unmenacing. The last time I was shocked by a, or sort of my attention was snapped into focus by anything really musical was that uh, This Is America. That uh, Yes, Childish Gambino. Child, Childish Gambino, which was like that video, I think, is, uh, you know, if you think about video installation, I think it's a masterwork, you know, an absolute yeah. masterpiece. And that was like, wow, okay, let's have some more of this, but not so much, you know. Yeah, no, much. I mean, and, and it, I, it's interesting you mentioned Spotify because I, I think part of it is that you know, the, part of the, 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 the rebellion of, of music was that it was not easy to get hold of and yeah. not easy to listen to. And when you did, it was an artefact. It was this wonderful 12-inch art, you know, thing. Um, I mean, Muggins yeah. here, what did I do last night? I went online and ordered the blue vinyl, you know, uh, edition of the New Stones album. Fantastic. But that's because I'm 55, yeah. right? Yeah. The point is that I haven't really changed in that regard since I was 12. Yeah. And now you can get, I mean, it's a waste of money because in truth, because when the album comes out, you'll be able to get it for free on Spotify. And so the fun and the sort of slightly subversive idea of creeping off to the the independent record shop and buying Nevermind the Bollocks, you know, that's gone. What was the first single you ever got? The first single I ever got was uh, Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick. Ah, Billington Injury. Injury. And first album? The first album I got was Live at the Hollywood Bowl by the Beatles, oh, which is a good choice. Uh, really, and I had a little mono player, yeah, yeah, which my parents had given, yeah. and I put it on, and I and it was, it was like the sort of gates of heaven had opened. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, hearing that sound of them, uh, the the crowd, yeah. You know, the mania, yeah. And you know, I, the best example, best um, phrase I've ever heard in that sense of 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 mind instant mind expansion it was Charles Bukowski the great kind of yeah. slum poet of, of Brilliant, uh, yeah. Los Angeles describing going into the LA County Library and picking from the shelf a book by John Fante Ask the Dust oh great book. and he said uh, as he pulled the book from the shelf the library trembled yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like you get those that's moments a, that's you know. a really that's he, right. he is very uh, he's a great writer Bukowski but you know uh on his gravestone, it's got a, an image of a of a boxer and just the words "Don't try." 
That's stealably Chris. good, isn't it? And we don't try either. We don't try. What well, did we talk about? We didn't talk about, um, oh, this guy on the run. Hopefully he'll be picked up by the time this comes out, but I maybe so, not. But yeah. I mean, it's a sort of Netflix documentary in the making. Crazy. Extraordinary story. I'll tell you what I can't understand. So uh, he's in a lower category prison, uh, uh, Wandsworth Prison. Belmarsh is the high category yes. place where Julian Assange is yes. locked up in Belmarsh. Yeah. Not going not, anywhere. Not escaping. Why, why isn't this terror? I, I, I don't know. I think, yeah. um, I think the phrase heads will roll probably. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of um, storybook escape stuff, wasn't it? It's incredible. I mean, it will be a podcast series or five, I think, this one. Um, The other thing we didn't talk about was the other Hackney story. The other Dalston story, actually. Top Boy. You're watching this. Educate me a bit. I watched the first... You did watch the first series? I watched the the first 2011-14 iteration, but not not the recent stuff. I mean, it's... I gather it's brilliant. Well, I won't spoil it for anybody, because I I do think it is some of the best TV this country's produced in the last... God knows, maybe ever. It's superb, and I think the acting is superb. But what what is brilliant because it's a, it's effectively a a story of drug dealers in Dalston, and it's very brutal, and it's very um, uh, kind of um, in your face. And and the language. What's interesting is the language, the scripting pays little kind of lip service to actually people being able to understand it. It's in this very kind of street language. Proper you patois, watch it yeah. you watch it with subtitles, you know, yeah, if you yeah, really yeah. want to know what's going on. Um and it, it is revelatory. What what I think is admirable about it is that it's it is utterly grimy throughout. You know, there is no sense of glamour or romance about these people's lives at all. It is uh Political as well. I've just watched the first episode of the new series, and a big part of the storyline is uh, immigration officers turning up to uh, throw out a young black man who was brought into the country as a baby and didn't have a passport, and I'm sure will turn out to have every right to be here. But the Home Office are front and centre of this of this hostile environment playing out, and it's brilliantly, brilliantly mm-hmm. done. Uh, but it is, I mean, health warning. It is absolutely brutal. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 gory at times. And very violent, but I, I, you know, if you haven't watched Top Boy, I really think you know, sold. I yeah. will, I will, it will. It's next on my list. Get into top it. Top of yeah. my list. Good stuff, and the Brilliant. acting is magnificent. Um, anything else we didn't touch on? Um, well, we didn't talk about Keir Starmer's reshuffle, but I think we kind of co- covered the, yeah. the bases on that. Yeah. On that, with uh, I think the world can do without the two mats commentary on that. Yeah, especially the capsule commentary, the kind of t-shirt <laughs> slogan version. <laughs> Quite Blairite. <laughs> So thank you very much, folks. That's all we've got time for this week. Remember, our special deal, a subscription to The New European and a free signed copy of Rory Stewart's wonderful new book, Politics on the Edge. Just go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S for that great deal. And there's a link in the show notes. Thanks as ever to the third mat producer, Matt Hill at Rethink Audio. And until next week, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.